Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, I'm Matt Harmon and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planter, satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Dalton Del Don joining with me today. Uh, Dalton, you know what satisfied me today? I'm guessing Alvin Kamara, but what else, Matt? Yes, well, Alvin Kamara, as the sign says in the background, is the running back one overall. I'm a year early on that prediction. Doesn't it always feel like so? I mean, it's like my actually that's like mildly satisfying. It's definitely not planters uh, snacks satisfying at all, but it's mildly satisfying to be like a year too early on a take because in 2019 I was like yeah Kamara should be the number one pick in drafts and then McCaffrey ends up having that type of season but this year it does look like Kamara's on way to that type of year yeah man it was just the injury last year what a monster yeah the clear number one in fantasy right now for sure yeah no doubt about it all right let's move into the news of the day and um we might as well title this the I don't know section of the podcast because like anyone pretending to know what's going to happen with this situation that's not a plugged in league insider is probably kidding themselves. But as we are taping this, here's what we know as of midday Tuesday. Late on Monday, the Titans and Vikings were made aware that three players and five personnel on the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID-19. Both teams have suspended in-person activities. That is what we know. Now, we also don't know how this is going to affect week four. Obviously, the Steelers have reportedly been told the Tennessee Titans uh, week four opponent. They've been told to proceed normally in preparations for Sunday's game at Tennessee. The Vikings are playing in Houston, by the way. Uh, there are all sorts of unconfirmed reports out there. Teams have been told to expect rescheduling. Team The Titans have shut down for the entire week and may forfeit their game. It's all It's all kind of out there right now uh also i did read that the titans coaches have told the team that if the, if they are shut down if they shut down fully till saturday and they don't have anything except a walkthrough they're gonna go ahead and play which like and and, and the quote was from mike garofolo from the nfl network quote from the coach no excuses well let me tell you what if you get beat like 34 <laughs> 7 i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna make that excuse for you so what we can say is this this is a developing story how this will affect your fantasy leagues I don't know. Keep listening to the podcast throughout the week and check out the fantasy handles at Yahoo Fantasy. And of course, if you're playing on Yahoo at Yahoo Fantasy CC for updates throughout the week on how this is going to affect the actual game. <sighs> Dalton, sad. Like, I, I don't like I don't like reading this right off the top of the show. 
Yeah, it was too good to be true, I guess. You know, I, I was complaining about football last week, and I'm like, hey, at least it could be the alternative could be worse. You know, we complain about no football. So anything we talk about now, as you said, would just be speculation. I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. That is wild if they do play without any preparation until Saturday, and I wonder how the point spread would change and all that yeah. uh, would be interesting. I mean, this is all just new territory for all of us. But, um, yeah, just a wait-and-see approach. Hopefully it's good news. But, um, yeah, I know there's all kinds of different options you know games played on a tuesday or whatever but yeah all kinds of ramifications the nfl is prepared they knew that these this was a, yeah. a possibility but yeah it's obviously not great news to wake up and, and, and read that man you know eight titans uh tested positive or whatever so yeah we'll, we'll see yeah for sure if anyone thinks that the league office is suddenly like caught off guard or scrambling uh i'm sure that is not the case they they like you said they know that this is going to happen just like it happened in baseball you know they know this stuff is coming and i agree with you though it's awful to wake up to the news like at you know 6 7 a.m pacific time and then like i go downstairs uh to go work out in the garage gym and like i lose service down there so i'm like god the whole i would be down oh. here an hour an hour later everything could be like all hell broken loose but point is here we don't know anything uh and like you said the veil of normalcy if you thought that was like you know you and I, i'm with you like the first three see the first three weeks of the season felt pretty normal that has all been ripped away and we'll see what happens next now let's jump into the normal meat of our uh program here on the week we talk about some of the trends we love to see some of the trends we hate to see and let's of course start off positive I found this stat this week, and I thought this was really interesting, Dalton. Uh, We talked about Alvin Kamara, who leads this list, but the top five running backs in highest percentage of their team's yards from scrimmage. Alvin Kamara, number one, almost 40% of the Saints' scrimmage yards from scrimmage have gone to Alvin Kamara. I mean, we this is this is a Kamara break tackles or bust offense now at this point. Number two on the list, a player we probably weren't expecting, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 30.4%. Dalvin Cook, 29.9%. Austin Eckler, 29%. Derrick Henry of the aforementioned Tennessee Titans, 28.9%. So I feel like four of the five names you probably could have seen coming, right? We know that Kamara is going to be a big part of the Saints offense. Same with Cook, Eckler, and Henry. But Robinson is an interesting name. Obviously, he's coming off this gigantic week. Uh, in against the uh, Dolphins on Thursday night, really probably the one big positive for Jacksonville coming out of that game. Where are you right now with Robinson, who, by the way, has a tasty matchup with the Bengals defense in week four? Just to circle back with Kamara, a couple things. I believe it's the second best, second most fantasy points ever through three weeks. And he's done that pretty quietly for a running yes. back with just 31 carries. I mean, that is just wild how he's doing it. Drew Brees' average intended air yards this year, 4.8. No other quarterback is less than six. So this is such a good situation, just constant. In PPR, he's the cheat code, man. So He, he has uh, 31 gonna... targets this year. The second place guy is Elliott with, with 23 at the running back position. I mean, wow. he is, yeah. he's legitimately getting receiver usage. Like when you look at the players who are top five in terms of the percentage of team targets, like Darren Waller is up there as a tight end. Yeah. Cool. Most of them are wide receivers, but then it's Alvin Kamara is, is up on that list. That's like you said, that's legitimately insane. Obviously we know Drew Brees' arm has declined, but how much this, this to me feels like, like I said, off the top, this is the type of season I expected Kamara to have in 2019, so I, I feel like there's a lot of staying power for Kamara specifically at the top of the list. 
Yeah, and just not forget how banged up he was playing last year. Still managed 81 catches for the third straight season. Uh, Latavius Murray's been involved, but whatever. He's, he cannot uh, just the, the usage in the passing game. It could not just started better with Breeze's arm and also Michael Thomas getting hurt. It's just such a good setup. So, uh, yes, he's the number one fantasy player for sure. And moving forward, I don't I don't see any reason to try to try to trade him at all. James Robinson, he passed the eye test. We talked about him Um I think we both ranked him very aggressively last week. He came through with a really nice game, and you love to see all the targets. Um, yeah, that's that's really surprising. And really, uh, not only did he come out of nowhere, but the Jacksonville coaches did signal this when they got rid of Fournette. They said part of the reason is we were impressed with Robinson, and sometimes the coaches aren't lying, and uh, they, they've, they've followed through with the highest percentage of a team's yard. That's crazy. It's number two in football. Who would have guessed that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Jaguars don't have, like, the most prolific yardage-wise passing game. Gardner Minshew's throwing a lot of touchdowns. But still, I think it's really impressive for Robinson. And like we're saying, he I mean, like I pointed out, he's coming into a really good matchup here in Week 4 with the Bengals. Is there any hesitation, you know, with the long term for Robinson? Because he's a little bit of an unknown. Uh, the Jags also, you know, not for nothing, do have Ryquel Armstead, you know, hanging on the COVID list. Maybe he comes back at some point. The Azig, the Azig Bros, as you mentioned a few weeks ago, like they're they're ready for their guy to come off IR. Is there any sort of like I had somebody literally asked me this morning? Somebody offered them Julio Jones for James Robinson, and they need a wide receiver. They're very tempted to make the deal. How, how would you feel about that? Oh, I, I would be worried about Julio's hamstring and running backs, feature backs are hard. I think that's a, a legit offer. I mean, I think that's a, it's a tough yeah. one. I don't know. I think it depends on your team, That's which is wild. So, yeah, I think running backs come out of nowhere. They don't necessarily have to have the highest draft pedigree. I'm in. Minshew's proven to be plenty capable so far. There's no one else there. Armstead, I mean, I don't know who and he's even going to be back in the field, let alone yeah. ready for the game. So, no, I'm in on Robinson big time, like a uh, top 15 back moving forward this week in this matchup. I have him ranked uh, eighth. Uh, on my running back board Bengals have been like this run funnel defense too much much tougher against the pass than expected so far so yeah I'm in on James Robinson um and I, he's not a, a sell candidate for me no I, I man I don't want Julio Jones's broken honestly I would rather James Robinson from here on out on my fantasy team than Julio Jones I love it is that crazy no, is that no, crazy I, it, it's one of those things and I I have to admit one of my weaknesses as a fantasy player and as a fantasy prognosticator and some you know sometimes this works out like I tend to just think like, the, you know, the cream will rise back to the top. Right. And that doesn't always work out. Sometimes it leads you to draft Stefan Diggs, despite the fact he's going to play the Buffalo Bills. I mean, despite the fact he's going to play with the Buffalo Bills. Other times it leads you to hang on to Odell Beckham for, you know, four years after the fact that he's been a game changing wide receiver. So this can this is a thing that like when I first read that, I see Julio Jones versus some dude I didn't hear. I didn't even know existed, you know, three months ago. That's probably, like I said, a weakness as a fantasy prognosticator for me. And to be clear, he's 31 with a hamstring injury. If he was just got off to a slow start and was playing Julio, I'd be like, fine, let's not overrate three weeks. But I don't know. He's dealing with this soft tissue issue. I mean, these hamstrings. Uh, I think it's a risk. Yes, I would take a guy like a feature back like James Robinson. But obviously, there's risk taking someone so unproven versus Julio, who was drafted in the top two rounds three weeks ago. So I get it. But to me, it's it's the it's the injury issue uh with, with julio and i'm fully buying james robinson yeah i think that's the thing here like no matter what whether you'd make this trade or not we're both fully buying james robinson as a guy that you can lean on for the rest of the year austin eckler on your stat here oh man justin herbert what a, a switch that's uh, that's something to pay attention to obviously with taylor's uh, health moving forward because night and day difference man the dump offs to eckler just being so involved and what a good running back man i i, I watched him quite a bit this week he is just awesome 
yeah, I mean, he's he's the best, dude. He's such a such a good uh, such a good player. And I'm glad that I actually talked to Austin Eckler yesterday uh, and he made the point really? too. sorry, name drop, but you made me do it. Uh, well, he, yeah, he, no, I, he mentioned the point, too, that like I brought up the so people freaking out week one, you know, no targets. Right. Like or or your such, such little passing game involvement. You know, I, I, I said I was like, is that something that is you know, a quarterback thing? Is it a, is it a coaching thing? Like, what's the deal? And and his point was like, sometimes stuff that just happens week one is random. So, I mean, you know, it's, he's like, especially think about the fact that we had, you know, such little ramp up time in terms of like preseason camp, everything like that. He's like, so sometimes you got to trust, you know, what you've seen more than uh, more than what you see in one sample size. And I mean, I people legitimately freaked out about the, the Austin Eckler receiving role thing. And I guess we'll never really know what would have happened with Tyrod Taylor. But yeah, Justin Herbert and him are pretty much in sync when it comes to that. I mean, <laughs> Herbert threw to Keenan Allen uh, and Austin Eckler 30 times, 30 times last week. So like those two guys, I think if you had any hesitation preseason and there was like Dalton, you and I went back and forth on that. Like the, I think the oh, outlook has yeah. totally changed now at this oh. point, you know? Oh, thousand percent. No, I can. Yes, I was wrong on that. And it went, well, for whatever well, reason, I mean, with whatever. the current version with Herbert, I have Allen ranked eighth this week on my wide receivers. So uh, yeah, I mean, maybe even I should be more bullish. I mean, it's his, uh, his uh, target share last week is just a, was, is insane i know mike williams left banged up but that's been two games now with herbert and austin eckler didn't kelly lose a fumble too um i like how kelly's uh looked in, in in relief but man eckler is the man and if those targets continue like that looking at another huge fantasy season yeah i think what we what we saw last week was important for that backfield because yeah when they're off script like for, for whatever reason they ended up off script against the damn panthers uh they are clearly going to go to austin eckler kelly only 10 touches um, and I think that could be the same sort of script against the Bucks this week. The Bucks have one of the most underrated defenses in the NFL and their offense. I think, you know, it's a Chris Harris. They lose him from the Chargers defense. Of course, the Chargers just losing piece after piece. I think they should be able to move the ball against L.A. So this is definitely a week where I would move away. I did the fearless forecast for running backs this week. Projected Austin Eckler, obviously very well, but I'm, I'm probably out on Josh Kelly this week. It looks like another setup where you're probably not going to want to play him. You want to talk about Daryl Henderson. I want to talk about Daryl Henderson. Did you know that he's pro football focuses highest graded running back coming? Like what? Daryl Henderson. I mean, we're talking about Daryl Henderson is pro football focuses highest graded running back. And he's playing on a good offense. Goff right and Jared Goff right now leads the NFL in yards per completion. Uh, he's playing really well. And Daryl Henderson, it's not just a scheme thing. He's ninth right now in next gen stats rushing yards over expectation. So he's getting more than just what's blocked for him. I have to say, like I Henderson was the guy from this backfield that I drafted the most this year just because I thought, you know, from a range of outcomes perspective, like he was just going too late compared to a guy like Cam Akers. Obviously, Akers gets hurt. Malcolm Brown has the big week one. But nevertheless, like I'm still hesitant to say that this is a full season thing that we're going to we're going to deal with with Daryl Henderson. Where are you right now when when projecting him? Because I'm still nervous that when Akers gets back, Malcolm Brown still out snapped Daryl Henderson last week, that this could easily just turn into still a very confusing committee. I did see that PFF note, and it made sense because it pieced past the eye test with me. I the most yards per carry in college history. I know not a lot of volume, and he did not look good last year in between injuries. 
I was after Cam Akers in drafts, mainly because I wanted the, a feature back on the Rams really badly, not because I watched Akers in college. And luckily that led to some Daryl Henderson, you know, six, seven rounds later. Um, and I was also the guy spending big on Malcolm Brown after his week one, because if anyone emerges here, this is Todd Gurley had 54 touchdowns the last three years, NFL lead. And that was last year on one leg, you know, finishing last in yards per route run around, among running backs. Uh, McVeigh, you said at Goff, this system's awesome. So if one of these running backs emerges, there is legit, quote unquote, league winner upside, top five upside. So right now, Daryl Henderson, the draft capital, Akers, a serious impossible rib injury. Daryl Henderson's my number seven back at home, you know, with big favorites against the Giants this week. But having said that, Malcolm Brown could come in at the goal line. And if Akers returns, maybe this is a headache rotation for the rest of the season. But I'm just saying, if, Her- if Henderson does emerge, and he's literally the number one, as he said, ranked graded by PFF, he doesn't need to get all the carries. But if he gives the, the main back on that offense and that division, I mean, the Niners lost all their defensive players and this good fast-paced Cardinals. Right. Uh, Seahawks, look at the Seahawks. I mean, that is money, man. So if he does emerge, and, it, and so right now I would just say that I'd be very, very happy if I did have Henderson on my team. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, look, number one, we're talking about this is a this is a good player right now that's playing really well. Like there's they don't have any reason to go away from him. And I think that's always something that I try to consider when we're looking at these guys that are kind of coming up out of nowhere. Number one, are they playing really well along with producing? And I think that the PFF note, the, what we're both saying about when we watch him. Yeah, he, he's he's playing well. And number two, the team is winning. You know, the, the Rams offense is clicking right now. The Rams as a team are, are clicking right now. Um, obviously they lose to Buffalo, but still in an overall, like, you know, there's a shoddy pass interference penalty to end the game. They still came roaring back. Like I think the Rams look like a really good team right now and a potential NFC contender. And the golf note I think is important because yeah, golf is, is definitely like, they've got the training wheels on him a little bit, but the more like I watched during that bills game, especially in the second half golf is like, feeling it right now I think I think he looks good I think he's he he has a mastery of this offense and like I look across the country at the Philadelphia Eagles drafted the same year obviously Carson Wentz was with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz obviously there's been a lot of injuries but like he has no feel for the game right now like he's just completely out of sync when I when I watch him now uh, on the other hand like and he's been in the same offense too like they've been running the same system all this time so I really I'm, I've been impressed with golf. I've been impressed with the Rams. I I want I was hesitant on that entire offense coming into this year. And now, like, I kind of want as many pieces as possible. It, it, the Eagles suffer offensive line injuries, obviously, in their wide receivers. And Wentz looks like it's the worst quarterback in the history. Golf, even though they're returning, like, I believe all five offensive linemen that did not play well last year. They have been like night and day, giving him a ton of protection. Uh, McVeigh has Goff throwing the second. He was second behind Drew Brees in the average intended air yards. Um, and he's played well himself. You're absolutely right. Goff's playing better. But man, a little, the system around him is like that. And he looks like a star. So it is crazy to tell at Wild how the coaching and a, a couple injuries here and there in the system can, can make you look so different from year to year. But there's no, there's no arguing that the Rams right now don't look like one of the best teams in football right now. Yeah, I believe the uh, I believe they lead the league in uh, EPA per play right now. So, I mean, they're doing they're doing well as an (laughs) offense. Yeah, you kind of like to see that. And it helps have the best defensive player in the world, too, on that same roster. That helps, too, having the best defensive player in the world and that that other side. And man, the NFC West is it's, it's tough, man. God. 
I know, seriously. And like, yeah, the Seahawks are there too. So like, let's, I mean, it's crazy. It's going to be really like a big fight to win that division. And I'm excited to see if the Rams can give the Seahawks some heat there. Let's talk about a former Eagles player who has returned to our lives. And I think we all expected it at some point. Nick Foles uh, is going to be the starter for the Chicago Bears uh, the rest of the way. Probably. I mean, Matt Nagy says he doesn't want to do this week to week thing. He doesn't want to go back and forth. So the quote was for the foreseeable future. That is where uh, they're going to go at the quarterback position. How much are you changing things uh, with the Bears offense now that Foles is there? Just a couple of notes on this offense. Number one, when Foles got in there, one thing I think we could all expect between Trubisky and Foles, Foles we know is going to let it rip. He was number 10 in terms of intended air yards on his pass attempts in week three. He threw into tight windows at, you know, about a 17% rate. So, you know, we know he's he's willing to trust his guys in 50-50 situations, which we know is great for Allen Robinson, who produced big last week. Also might be sneaky good for Jimmy Graham. Dalton, is Jimmy Graham going to be a thing? Because he leads the NFL and targets inside the 10 with five right now. He's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. And 100% of Anthony Miller's catches have gone for a first down and or a touchdown. There's some there's a lot to like about this offense. Are we getting really optimistic now that, uh, you know, veteran cast off Nick Foles is back in our lives? Yeah, normally, the Yahoo uh, DFS pricing is tight, but I saw Jimmy Graham just the stone minimum $10 after. I think he ran the most routes among all tight ends last week. So take a look at Jimmy Graham and Yahoo DFS. Um, Nick Foles, he's got to improve uh, A-Rob's uh, outlook. Um, I, I always continue to, to rank him too high, but now I'll do so with a little bit more confidence. Um, Anthony Miller, what a wild season. The overthrows wide open, the two, dro- how many drop touchdowns has he had? Yet every catch he makes seems to really count, too. So, a uh, real up and down season for him. Uh, yeah, I would imagine Nick Foles uh, remains a starter as long as he can stay healthy. And it'll be up and down and it'll make some, some, some terrible throws. But overall, this is probably good news. I mean, it's definitely good news for Chicago's fantasy uh, players. But let's not forget that was against Atlanta last week, who's allowed the most fantasy points to to quarterbacks this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I ranked Trubisky aggressively, and I should have just went Team QB because they ended up putting up a bunch of points because that Atlanta defense is just getting shredded. Oh, my God. What a what a joke. Uh, yeah, they're the, Atlanta's Atlanta's in such a mess, man, because like not only now are they this depressing entity that continues to blow close games, they've got just bad energy all over the place. And oh, by the way, they're still the same damn team that they've been every year. Like they've been the exact same outfit ever since they lost that Super Bowl. And I feel like I feel like at some point it's just it's time. It's time to time to divorce here. Dan Quinn, it's not that you're a bad coach, but it's time for you to go your separate way from the Atlanta Falcons because they still have a lot of talent there. And we're going to talk about one of their specific players who has a lot of talent a little bit later. One note on the bears though. And I, I I'm curious how you feel about this. We're going to talk about some bad defenses in our next segment, but good defense, the Indianapolis Colts, man, who they're the bears week four opponent right now. They're number three, third best in the NFL in terms of rushing success rate and passing success rate allowed. Now there might be some, you know, might be some benefit to playing uh, the Jaguars, you know, who who have a, a middling offense. The Vikings, they played them in week two. The Vikings, we know, are a train wreck. And, of course, they played the Jets. So, any are you buying this Colts team as, like, a really tough matchup for, for opponents? Or uh, is that just most of the opponents they've played? Yeah, they traded for my guy Buckner. And uh, yards per play, they're in first by a mile defensively, nearly by a half yard. It'd be like historically good. DVOA, they're the number one ranked defense. So, so yeah, I mean, 
uh, yeah, maybe their opponents have helped, but I'm buying this as, a, as a, an opponent to stay away from until proven otherwise. Yeah, so as much as we're excited about Foles starting for the Bears, maybe temper expectations at least for the first week. Wanted to once again thank our sponsor for this episode, Planters. When you want to satisfy a salty craving, Planters has you covered. Their deluxe mixed nuts are roasted to perfection and seasoned with sea salt, giving you the crunchy texture and enhanced flavor that you crave. Stay satisfied with Planters Deluxe Mixed Nuts. All right, let's move on to trends that you hate to see. And this is the bad stats section of the show. Uh, Dalton, the, the Saints defense, despite having a lot of talent, they might stink. And they might really stink over the middle. Now, sometimes I think that defensive statistics allowed to tight ends can be a little bit noisy. It can be a little bit opponent driven. And you could argue that with the Saints after week two when Darren Waller, you know, whipped up on Malcolm Jenkins, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, PJ Williams. Like he had all these guys numbered. But then in week two, the combination of Robert Tanyan – Jay Sternberger and Mercedes frickin Lewis combined for over a hundred yards, two touchdowns on nine catches right now. The saints allow league high targets, catches yards and touchdowns to the tight end position. Um, is this defense going to be a weak link throughout uh, the rest of the season or are they talented enough to sort of figure it out? Cause like I said, I kind of like the construction of the unit, but so far the results have been problematic. I think the defense in general will be solid, but it's interesting uh, that you, you note the up the middle stuff. And, and after looking at your stats, I moved Hawkinson up a few spots. I already liked him in the over-under, what, like 55 in this game. Um, but uh, yeah, if they're more vulnerable there. And uh, quietly, Hawkinson, I know Jesse James caught the touchdown last week, but his route running was like career high last week. So if that continues yeah. and you're, so you pointed out how vulnerable they are, I moved Hawkinson to number five on my tight end board this week. So yeah, I hope you're right for this one because I have, I have uh, plenty of him as well. Hawkinson's cleared 50 yards in three straight great games too. So, I mean, yeah, he's in a good position. I think I've been waiting for sort of his massive game and this could definitely be it. And it makes sense. Like from a scheme perspective, you know, the saints have good players in the front seven. I don't think like Demario Davis or uh, Cameron Jordan have, ha are having their best season, but at the same time, like those guys at the safety position, Malcolm Jenkins is, is, is getting up there at this point. Um, you know, PJ Williams has always been the link, the weak link in the cornerback room. It makes sense to pick on him with your tight ends, you know, because you've got uh, him as the slot corner is a much weaker position than uh, Marshawn Lattimore, or Janoris Jenkins on the outside. So yeah, upcoming opponents for the, the new Orleans saints, Detroit lions this week, and they get the chargers at home. Then they have a bye week the Panthers, Jimmy Graham and those Chicago bears, <laughs> And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's some decent, like, actual streaming options available on those teams. Other than Hunter Henry, I think, is the only guy that's, like, locked into people's rosters uh, from this group. And then, of course, they get George Kittle November 15th. Uh, that should be a fun outing as well. Yeah, I, I think that this defense, like, if the Saints are going to win, if they're going to be, like, a Super Bowl contending team, they, they can't have a clear weak point like this. They need to actually be much better. Yeah, absolutely. I think they probably will shore it up. And yeah, they're going to need a, a strong defense if they want to reach a Super Bowl like their aspirations with Breeze. Um, man, I don't know. I'm always putting up the numbers, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's different. This 41 and a half old version throwing the ball four and a half yards down the field. I don't know. Their defense better play well. Oh, Breeze is he's definitely he's fine. He's, I mean, he no, he's cooked. I, I think he's cooked. Okay. <laughs> I, look, you no, know, he can't okay. he can't push the ball downfield anymore. They're they're calling plays. We talked about it last week on the show. They're they're calling plays. Like Breeze is not the same guy. They're they're a run heavy team. They're an Alvin Kamara based team. Yeah, like sure. I mean, yeah. 
obviously I think it'll help when Michael Thomas gets back, but they've never really used Thomas as a downfield guy anyways, because they've always been juice and breezes efficiency numbers the last few years for his declining arm strength. And like, I think every year it's like you lose 5%, you lose 5%, you lose 5%, you lose 5%. Eventually you've lost like 30% of your arm and you know, that's a big difference. Then you're starting to get it. Like how much is too much to lose? I think breeze is, he's not, I mean, he's not like, not a bad quarterback. He's not going to, you know, be a nightmare for them, but it's something they have to adjust to. And I can keep making the Peyton Manning comparison from 2015. They're just going to need more from the surrounding talent. You know, they still had Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas in a good running game. They had a great defense. I would say that the saints right now have a great running back. They do not have a great supporting cast and they definitely don't have a great defense. So that's where we're at with the new Orleans saints. Let's talk about some buy low wide receivers because we talked about Allen Robinson last week, I think, and that turned out to be a good thing to talk about (laughs) because he ended up having a massive game against Falcons and obviously set up pretty well with Nick Foles the rest of the way. I want to talk about DJ Moore. I didn't rank DJ Moore as high as most of you other chuckleheads on Yahoo, but I feel like right now he is one of the best buy low receivers in the NFL. Um, Just to talk about some of the stats with him right now, 25.5% of his team targets. That's 11th in the NFL, 34 routes per game. That's top 25. And most importantly, and I think this is kind of surprising considering that he plays with a great vertical threat in Robbie Anderson. And I wouldn't say that winning downfield is really DJ Moore's skill, but he has 49.2% of his team air yards. Only Julian Edelman, which is also kind of funny, has a higher percent of his team's air yards right now. So, are we buying DJ Moore as a great bounce back guy and somebody that you should maybe make a trade offer for? Absolutely. I am buying that. Uh, you like to see more red zone targets and the touchdowns. He's not going to be among the league leaders there. But um, you just mentioned the stats. It's Josh Hermsmeyer's Whopper version is this weighted opportunity rating. And he's number one in the NFL this year. I mean, number two, Keenan Allen, you know, D hop there. Number one. So, yeah, I mean, apparently he's seen more opportunities than any receiver. So uh, the the production will will follow. Teddy Bridgewater has been plenty capable. He has the six most passing yards this year. They weirdly just the touchdowns haven't been there. And McCaffrey's hurt, too. So I should become even more involved. So, yeah, DJ Moore for sure is going to be a, a much more valuable moving forward than he has been so far. I, I figured that the, the you know that the uh, the Panthers would be putting up a ton of points. I mentioned uh, Jimmy Graham is up there in terms of like the most targets inside the 10. Another guy who's up there really high is, is Mike Davis, which is kind of weird. Uh, you'd think at some point, like let, let's get some of these other playmakers, some targets down uh, inside the 10 yard line, please Carolina Panthers. But yeah, I think DJ Moore is a great uh, one to go out and make a trade off for. How about this guy? And also, oh, sorry, before I jump to the next player, the schedule, the upcoming schedule for the Carolina Panthers is pretty good. We get Arizona this week. They get the Falcons. The Falcons, hello, we know they stink in week five. The Bears, the Saints, the Falcons again, the Chiefs, and then the Bucks in week 10. So plenty of interesting matchups there uh, for the Carolina Panthers that they could uh, obviously have a much bigger pa- passing impact. You mentioned Mike Davis's usage, just how, how I mean, he's just, I mean, he's, no, he's not CMC, but man, I just starting him every single week, no problem. He's getting targets like that. I mean, just top 15 guy moving forward as long as CMC's sideline. Yeah, easy, like mid-range RB2, exactly like you said. You know, I mean, 
they mixed in Curtis Samuel. They mixed in uh, Reggie Bonifon, uh, you know, as a change of pace guy. But Davis got the targets, like I mentioned, in the scoring area and in the passing game. So that's the most important thing uh, for especially an offense that we can, we expect to continue to trail with the way that their defense is playing. Let's talk about this player, another guy that is not off to like that great of a start. He had a hundred yard game in week one, uh, but since then has been a little quiet. Marquise Brown right now, 36.7% of the team air yards in Baltimore. That ranks ninth among pass catchers this year. Is Marquise Brown a guy that you're worried about the rest of the way or somebody that you think could be a potential buy low player? No, he's another buy low. He ranked like top 15 in that Whopper stat right behind Terry McLaurin. I mean, and Stephon Diggs ahead of. So, I mean, the production should follow, but he's definitely disappointed me. I ranked him super aggressively. I'd like to see a little bit more than six targets. Um, but he's getting them downfield, and you'd think they'd connect. If, if Jackson was just slightly uh, more accurate on one or two of these, we'd be talking differently. Um, so I think he'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see uh, that coming with the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs secretly play uh, defend receivers pretty well. But, man, that passing attack just looked all out of sorts after looking the Ravens offense looking so good entering the, the matchup of the year. Man, it is, it is high-key disappointing that the Ravens were essentially, as soon as they fell behind last night, were essentially yeah. the same team that they were against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs when they fell behind there. And like, you know, it's Mahomes, it's different. I think, it, I think my big takeaway from last night was that the chiefs are just like, if, if we're ranking the AFC, there's one tier at the top and it's Kansas city. And then everything else kind of comes after that. I, I sort of thought too, like, man, did the, did the chart, I mean, did the chiefs just decide to not even prep for the chargers in week two? And just like, let's just spend all these two weeks prepping for the Ravens, whatever. <laughs> I, I I saw some insane stat too that like Lamar is basically you know this is the only team that he's really lost to like I mean they're like twenty one and one against the rest of the NFL and then obviously they've lost uh, you know to the Chiefs several times but yeah I mean I, I'm not worried about the Ravens offense especially their upcoming schedule by the way quite tasty we've got Washington in Week Four the Bengals in Week Five the Eagles in Week Six I mean that's like three straight great matchups after playing the chiefs who obviously uh, can run away and make the, you know, then make you chase them, which is not what the Ravens want to be doing. Yeah, definitely not worried either. It's a great point. Maybe they did spend those two weeks just prepping for the Ravens. It certainly looked like it. I didn't see that going that way at all. I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't throw for a hundred yards, but they'll be totally fine. And they'll probably, yeah, they'll just take out their frustrations and cover the 13 and a half point spread this week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Marquise Brown is definitely a guy to be targeting in trades for sure. Absolutely. He should be among the top of your list of guys that are going to perform far better than they have so far. I love it. Any, do you have any lean on that backfield at all? Or are you just like all hand? Like it was so, I feel like it was very predictable that we ended up in this situation where there's just, you know, no clarity between JK Dobbins and Mark Ingram. And Oh, by the way, Gus Edwards is still involved. It's a major problem. Yeah. It's a you roll with Ingram in the right situations, but yeah, then Edwards running over people and yeah, Dobbins is, is a problem. You can't rely on Dobbins right now. It's, it's uh, going to take some injuries. Yeah, pretty much agree with you there. And yeah, I mean, look, if uh, Mark Andrews holds on to the ball a couple times, we're talking about a very different day for the Ravens offense, too, which is, you know, I mean, that happens. Sometimes your best players let you down and it just is what it is. Keep it. Oh, moving. and that's why Harbaugh went nuts on that holding call that was that was close because he knew it once you get down. I mean, it was he was like, right. He was flipping out at his early call. But it's like instead of first and 10 and we're driving to get a lead, it was second and 20 and then third and 19 and then we're down 21 points. I mean, it really is weird how those you know cascade effects, especially when you're a team that's all about running like Baltimore, you know, far better with the lead. Exactly. 
Let's talk about a receiver who's not off to a uh, disappointing start. Calvin Ridley, we mentioned Julio Jones earlier. Has there been a passing of the torch in Atlanta? Because here's the deal, man. Like, is any receiver getting better usage than Calvin Ridley right now? He's tied for second in the NFL and targets inside the 10. He's the only player in the NFL with double digit targets and a hundred plus yards in every single game this year. Is he like a clear cut top eight guy the rest of the way? Like, is that what we're talking about here with, with Calvin Ridley? Like people drafted people, everyone drafted him, you know, high and ranked him aggressively, whatever. But I mean, he looks like a legit super like Stefan Diggs type superstar, not just a solid one B type of guy. Yeah, the rare player who not only lived up to the hype, but exceeded it because everyone liked Calvin Ridley before this season. Um, he's my number one ranked receiver this week. Um, Julio, like I said, I don't have confidence in him bouncing back anytime soon at 100%. I really think he was, it was a more serious injury to begin with. Calvin Ridley has 560 air yards. The next highest is 383. I mean, they're nearly 200 more air yards than the next. So, yeah, I have him number one against Green Bay. Fun fun stat with the Packers so far. Getting the most yards per play on offense and allowing the most yards per play on defense. So, that's a uh, what's that over under? <laughs> I've never seen an NFL game higher. I think it's 58 on Monday night. So, oh, yeah, Ridley, God, yeah. R- Ridley is my number one wide receiver in, in easy. I think top five uh, moving forward, yes, because of Julio's. Uh, and even Russell Gage suffered a concussion. I hope he that's can come true. back. But, uh, yeah, man, it's such a good setup they can't run the ball horrific uh horrific defense and matt ryan yeah calvin ridley looks like a a home run if you have him fireworks on that monday night game for sure all right uh let's talk about some of the you mentioned bad defenses uh, in green bay there and and obviously atlanta let's talk about some other bad defenses bottom five right now and pass uh passing success rate allowed the jags the patriots that's kind of surprising, but they did play Russell Wilson. The Dolphins, the Jets, and the Texans. Uh, number one, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. Those guys all play with uh, Josh Allen in the AFC East. Let's <laughs> let's go, Buffalo Bills. I'm, wow. Uh, <laughs> what is, the Patriots stuck out to me? Is that mostly just the fact that they played Russell Wilson? Because you know, I think that the Raiders ended up putting some decent garbage time stats together, but this is still a defense that I don't really want to be like actively targeting, whereas the Texans, Jets, Dolphins, and Jags all are. Interesting. I'm looking at the New England's bottom seven in yards per play allowed. So I don't know. Maybe their their defense isn't going to be uh, truly elite. That's funny about Josh Allen. I swear some uh, metrics had him having the hardest fantasy quarterback schedule this season. And now three weeks in, it looks like but, like the best. So that's funny. But whatever. He's He looks like a man on a mission. It doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's Josh, he's Josh F. and Allen, man. He's going to throw a touchdown or run it in one way or the other. Um, that's right, that's Dalton. A, he's yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I've come around, man. I don't know what's Stupidest wrong. Stupidest hype Fireball's, train I've ever Fireball. got. Fireball is literally 20 miles down the road from me right here where he's from a town with with two stoplights so I don't know why I wasn't in on him from the beginning it's my my bad and I'll uh it's one of my biggest regrets not just uh in the NFL season but in life right now but Patriots something to keep an eye on absolutely if you're down there close to bottom five in yards per play allowed that would you know no matter how tough that one opponent is through three weeks there's a they're, they're aligned with other not so good defenses yeah, for sure. That makes that makes a ton of sense. Uh, let's talk about rushing on the other side of the, the coin here. Bottom five rushing success rate allowed defenses. This one, we just talked about the Bills. The Bills are the worst team right now from a success rate standpoint against the run. Uh, Daryl Ender- Daryl Henderson just cracked them last week. Um, the Rams are number thir- they're 31. The Chiefs are 30. The Packers are 29th and 28th. The Minnesota Vikings look. The Packers are interesting. We talked about them uh, on 
this upcoming like for this upcoming Monday night game, uh, I think they're gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna dump all over the Falcons. That's for sure. Uh, but the Falcons on the other side of the field, Todd Gurley. It looked like full, you know, full on panic mode. Like, oh man, he's just, you know, Brian Hill's rushing in a touchdown. Um, but Gurley's getting no passing game usage. But is he like a sneaky sort of like bounce back candidate here against the Packers defense that can't stop the run in a high scoring matchup? Yeah, I'm, I'm usually down on on Gurley, but even I'm like, yeah, he's a RB two in a game with expected maybe sixty points scored combined. So, um, yes, I'm fine with using Gurley in this matchup and maybe look to trade him right afterward uh yeah new england's defense is ranked 25th in dvoa also so man interesting there the chiefs are always like that and and they just give up rushing yards they don't care they're just doing smart and chris jones will get you the pressure when they need it too so same with the rams always yes it's like yeah yeah i'm not worried about that the packers are just an interesting team man i didn't see it coming but yeah they're they're gonna be in a lot of high scoring uh, affairs if it's like this and and right and and rogers is getting such better protection this year too so that'll be a fun fantasy uh, team to follow you know they're both on their team and their opponents every year and like the vikings too i'm still not giving up on kirk cousins i know he's been awful but in fantasy terms if that defense is like bottom four and justin jefferson emerges and he can throw to cook i mean he could play poorly in real life and uh he's probably you know available on every free agent wire how bad he's been but i could see cousins putting up like garbage fantasy stats from here on out yeah, that's definitely possible. Like that defense is legit bad and I don't think it's coming around and and they're bad against the pass and they're bad against right. the run. Right. Like they're 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 bad both ways. They can't protect uh, I mean they can't I mean they can't prevent the pass over the top, but their secondary is so young and their defensive tackles are so bad. Like yeah, they're they're playing the Vikings and the Texans play this week. Um, David Johnson has gotten off to a, a, a slow start after his big week 1 game. I could see him bouncing back in, in this spot. Like those are two tough matchups, obviously the Ravens and the Steelers. David Johnson might be another guy to buy low on and then maybe try to flip again before some event, you know, whatever. I don't know. You could really galaxy brain that take, but he could have a huge uh, week here against the Minnesota Vikings who are bad against everything. And great point about Justin Jefferson. Like that really changes everything for, for the Vikings because they're just too easy to defend when it's like, well, let's just take away one receiver and stop the run. It's it's just too easy. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts that that was, if this is if, uh, fading Adam Thielen or just a one game, this helps Thielen, you know, now they have another guy, you know, the digs replacement type thing. What are your thoughts on that? I think it helps. It helps the offense, man, because like we saw the the worst case scenario in week two, uh, you know, where Cousins is just getting just getting rocked and then feeling like, yeah, he kept, I think he caught a touchdown in that game. Right. Eventually. But still like or, or no, that was just week. That was week three. He caught a touchdown, whatever. But if they're if they're not able to get off, like if they're not able to move the ball at all, that's bad for Thielen. So having Jefferson emerge, it's going to take, you know, maybe he won't get one hundred and twenty thousand targets now at this point but like i think overall it's better that they have someone to help move the ball for thielen rather than you know okay yeah they have another guy emerge like there's still so much room for thielen to get a bunch of targets even if jefferson's going to emerge as a guy who gets you know 75 80 the rest of the way I totally agree. Normally, I want to be the only game in town, all the targets. But at some point, you don't want to have an offense that never reaches the red zone. You need to actually move the sticks. So totally with you. All right. All right last thing here. Our next segment is Who Got Shelled, presented by our friends at Planters. Every Wednesday, Dalton and I are going to look back at a defense or defensive player who got absolutely shelled last week. Then we'll dive into the data and point out the defensive matchups you might want to take advantage of this Sunday. So who got shelled last week? Uh, the Ravens got shelled on Monday night. Very disappointing performance for the Baltimore Ravens, but Dalton and I are both expecting them to exceed expectations uh, going forward, especially this coming week against Washington. 
Yeah, I mean, who's not going to get shelled when Patrick Mahomes is throwing dimes like that? I mean, yeah. just wow. Just, I mean, that was just incredible. Man, the plays he makes in the field is unbelievable. But yeah, they got crushed at home in the spotlight yet again. So this week, Dalton, tell me who's going to get shelled. Okay, I think I'm, you, I hope you don't like defense if you tune into this Miami-Seattle game. The Dolphins' defense is going to have a hard time. Like Russell Wilson is on pace for 75 touchdowns, five interceptions, most TD passes for, for the first three weeks. Dolphins' defense is going to be in trouble. But on the flip side, the Seahawks' defense is the first team, I believe, to allow 1,200 passing yards the first three weeks. They're, yeah. The wide receivers they're allowing to Crushing go crazy, them. fire up Devontae Parker. So I think both defenses in that Seahawks-Dolphins game are going to get shelled this week. Yeah, I love it. Love that game to get high scoring. Could be an easy like game to stack uh, in DFS with how uh, you know low the uh, the Dolphins players will come in over there. Now the player, the team unit I expect to get shelled this week is the Buffalo Bills run defense. We talked about it. Thirty second rushing success rate allowed right now. They've been they've been run all over by Daryl Henderson, and this week they get Josh Jacobs, who's coming off like a eh, do whatever type of game against the New England Patriots. I expect Jacobs to just absolutely run all over these guys i don't know that it's going to help the raiders win against the buffalo bills who are red hot right now and oh by the way they've got a ton of great uh players they could be shelling the raiders defense on the other side right but i think jacobs is in line for a huge game this week against a defense that's really struggling right now to stop the run oh yeah with with rugs and edwards both banged up too and they want to keep josh allen off the field so josh jacobs is looking at all the touches he can handle 30 plus no doubt about it. So that was who got shelled. I hope we don't get shelled by making those picks. And once again, we want to give a shout out to planters for that segment. Stay satisfied with planters. All right, Dalton, what do you got coming up this week, man? Got my sit start column and then a, a podcast with Scott Pianowski tomorrow going over the, the week four lines. Yeah, uh, definitely tune into that podcast and find out why you should uh, bet all the monies on the Ravens. Absolutely a crushing Washington F T this coming week. In the meantime, while you're waiting for that, we've got a lot of podcasts here for you to check out at Yahoo Sports. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler. They will, I'm sure, be covering plenty of this Titans uh, outbreak news. And the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our friend Pat Forty from SI. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at Dalton Deldon. One more thank you to our friends at planters and tomorrow dalton you'll be back tomorrow with scott to preview the week four betting line